Okay, ask him now. Can you hear us now? Put a one in the chat if you can hear me now. We got a one in the chat. All right, cool, 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 cool. Let me get plugged back in. All right, so. Cool beans. All right, so I mean, let's let's start this whole show over again, okay? okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and start it over. So we are quality. Kenya Mac is dangerous. We're gonna be talking about the lethal cocktail of femininity 
and conservatism. And so as you see, we're going to be talking about politics, of course, femininity, and we're going to get into some, you know, prof tips, which are my personal quotes, things that I live by. And we're going to see what Miss Kenya thinks about them, because these are two that she's never heard before. And we're just going to have a organic conversation. Quality people need you to like, follow the algorithm, because we are on a mission to spread some practical religion. I'm acknowledge the quality folks. Here from the DMV, Aunt Cindy. Hey, Aunt Cindy. Glad you're back. I yes. know, know you're a working woman, but we play pickleball, so sometimes... We just gotta go a little early. We just gotta go a little early. But yeah, um, Amani also said yeah. that uh, she can't wait. So thank you, Amani. I wanna acknowledge you as well. Hey, Amani. Thank you for being a continued listener of the quality entertainment podcast all of them uh, we really do appreciate your viewership and this will be interesting because she's i don't know if she still is but at one point she's very into politics so this should be interesting right i mean in a lot of different ways we're all involved in politics whether we want to or not because it's really just like public affairs and what's going on and how we should handle things as a society in yeah. a public manner. So yeah. we're all kind of involved in it to some degree. So we got politics, we got femininity. Like I was stating before <laughs> when they couldn't hear us, I it's a two-way street as far as how I come up with the topics and the conversation for when I invite a guest on. And so when you sent me a list of, oh, these are the things that I would want to talk about that I'm passionate about, Politics and femininity were on there, and I picked those two. And so what about those two things make it a lethal cocktail to make it to make you a dangerous woman? Mm, what about those two things together, like mixed together? Right. Um, okay, well, I guess specifically conservatism and femininity, just because, I don't know, I think there's... When you kind of go back to just being traditional in itself mm -hmm. is something that's not very valued nowadays, I would say. So I think going back to, I guess, the basics or going back to the root or the fundamentals of things, I think that's what kind of makes, I guess, somebody dangerous or lethal in, an, in a world where those things aren't valued because it kind of goes against the norm. So... Mm. I guess I would All right, say hold that. On. I'm going to try to. This isn't working like I wanted it. Come on. Oh, that's because I'm switching on the wrong one. There we go. All right. Okay. So now, okay. Just had to do that. Great answer, though. So, yeah. So, I think that's a great segue into, you know, politics. So, let's get into our first segment. Politics, so politics. You went to school and you studied political science. Is that correct? Yep. So political science. Why did you study that, and what was your thought process when choosing that major? Um, it's always something that like just came natural to me. Like in high school with civics and government, I took U.S. history, I took world history, those things, or AP U.S. history and AP world history, and I don't know, those things just 
came natural to me. I always thought it was interesting seeing just how cultures um, just came together, seeing how decisions you make now affect what happens 10 years, five years, 20 years down the road, ne ne the next generation. So just seeing like how those things came together was very interesting to me. And then like in college, like, you know, politics or political science, you would have to take that as a, like a gen ed kind of course. Right. And I just like, it was just so, it was just easy to me. Like I just got it, it clicked. And then when I originally went to school, I went to school for biology because I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Mm. And then I realized that was not it. So I was like, well, what am I gonna do now, you know? And then I was like, wait, let me just go back to like what I know I'm good at, which is like politics and pol political science, government, stuff like that. So that's why I went down that road. And I learned a lot because it's like really cool because mm -hmm. politics is like a mix between marketing and I guess there's another, another thing, another word. Um, I don't know. It was like a game, I guess. And I always thought that was pretty fun. So that's why I went in there. Nice. So what about it makes it like a game in a sense? Because you kind of have to, it's like a story. So you have to know how you're going to frame something in order to get a certain reaction mm -hmm. or get certain people to follow your your method or your or get someone to vote for whatever they want whatever you want them to vote for right so like wording like changing the words to certain things like you know when you go voting and they have the little the amendment section and right. you either are like yes or no just the wording of that can completely change someone's answer between a yes and a no right so that's 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 a game and even just watching like the debates, like you can just see, like some people are very, are very, they're very practiced in what they're going to say. Like they practice it over and over and over again mm -hmm. to make sure that, that. It basically becomes them essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And make sure that they hit all the SEO talking points and mm -hmm. stuff like that in order to get whatever demographic of people in their in their camp pretty much so. mm -hmm. i got you now that's super interesting i've always been interested in just the just from outside looking in at politics because i'm naturally more of like business-minded marketing like how do we sell stuff and so that's what politicians are doing a lot uh, much of the time is they're selling a dream they're selling a vision that people can rally behind and so that's why they have to have good campaign managers and people that, you know, public relations, which is a big, you know, part of any business or, you know, just any, anything that, well, it's part of marketing as well. So I learned all that, but it's a big part of like your campaign is like, how is your public relations? Are you getting out and, you know, being active as far as your positive reputation and how the public views you. And so that's a big thing. So, I mean, if you equate it to a company as well, they have to do the same as well because, you know, there's something called corporate, it's like corporate responsibility basically, where companies will 
you know, start foundations so that they can be known as a good company. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that they wanted to start the foundation, but they need something to say, hey, we're helping, you know, the planet or we're helping, you know, the less fortunate in some way or we're giving back to our community. And so you want to be known as a good company and the companies that, you know, get caught maybe in a scam or, you know, there's always that company I, I think when you donate shoes that got kind of exposed because it's like it hurts more people when they send it over to Africa than helps or something like that and then people are like oh these companies were just you know trying to write stuff off and to look good and so that's that's part of a uh, politics that bleeds into politics because a lot oftentimes they're doing stuff just to look good yeah yeah and it kind of makes me think of you know, with big companies, like the company that puts the most ad revenue out there, they typically have the most customers mm. in, a, in the sense of competition. So with like politicians, the politician that typically has the most funding to put out for advertisements and like traveling and doing all that kind of stuff, they typically do the best in the polls and stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's super interesting because it's like the more you spend essentially and that's why fundraising so big when they're like oh they're breaking records for most funding or you know largest campaign that that was ever like they spent the most the largest campaign in like recent years and it's like like so like <laughs> the, the, the why does that matter but it does it's matter because important. the more money you can spend the more eyeballs you can get in front of Mm-hmm. The more eyeballs you get in front of, it's just the more likely people are to remember you when you when they go to the polls, especially if it's a toss up. Like if it's a toss up between uh, I don't really know who to vote for, but they've heard your name more or they like person. your slogan more. Yeah. And it's, you know, almost like that that annoying song that yeah. can't get out of your head. And it's like, oh, well, I well, guess, I guess I'll, I'll just go. go yeah, I guess I'll go with him. So, yeah. yeah. Maida had an interesting question. Shout out to Cousin Michael. He um, said, did she want to run for office? I think I did, like, when I was, like, older. But I think now I'd rather just have businesses and and take it from there. Because I feel like business owners and people that kind of have their money in their town have more of a voice than... Have more of a voice, have more time, and are more... Influential and more influential yeah. than the political the person in office. So I'd rather do that. Yeah, it's kind of like what they always say is like the people behind the person that gets elected. Yeah, are the ones actually pulling the strings, and it's not the you know oftentimes the person in power is you know a figurehead. So. Yeah. Kind of like in the show, I don't know if y'all have watched Bloodline, but we watched Bloodline. Oh, yeah. Like that yeah. one guy, not saying that he was ethical whatsoever, but it was just kind of cool how he was like, he just could pull the strings mm-hmm. in whatever direction and he didn't have to be like the face of anything. Yeah, he was like, you want to run for, I think it was Sheriff. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't know how to run for Sheriff. <laughs> he was like, I got like, you. I got you. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. All you got to do is say yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we were like what does this happen in real life because you know art imitates life Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways and so uh, these ideas aren't coming from nowhere so super interesting Mm -hmm. so 
Uh, Mayday said, so gotcha, so future mayor. Mm, I don't know about that one. You don't know about that one? I don't one? know. <laughs> so with businesses, so you say you want to start you know, businesses. So how does that, what is the transition like from, you know, being more political minded and being interested in that, now wanting to be more of a businesswoman, mobile type lady? Like, how does that translate? I mean, there's like qualities that that flow over like from politics to being a business owner because like there's the marketing aspect mm -hmm. and then you just have to like being creative. You have to be a hard worker, all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. that kind of like transitions well over there. And then going back to, I guess being able to like be behind the scenes rather than being the face so like mm -hmm. if there is a candidate that I don't know I'm not really into as of right now I'm not really into the whole supporting candidates thing but if it ever came to it or ever if I was ever led to do that mm -hmm. um then I could just be like oh you can just here's funding for whatever or I could be like hey, here you can use my space for whatever or whatever. You right, know. like you could give back to help them yeah. with their campaign so they're more likely to win. Yeah. That's how you're showing support yeah. along with your vote. No, this is super interesting. So, I mean, just keep continuing with the theme. So let's think big picture, got all these businesses, and you're like, oh, I'm going to support a candidate. What do, you, what do you think you would allocate money to or what would a conversation be like with that candidate what do you mean so like well let's start from ground zero so say you're influential what type of candidate would you want to put in office like what are the characteristics oh, like my dream candidate yeah what are the characteristics of that person okay well first of all of course like they'd have to be christian like real christian like in the word like they have to be about it, okay, first and foremost. Second, um, they have to have like a boldness, a strength about them, like no, no one meek, no one that could be really, I guess, a puppet, hmm. you know? Okay. And somebody who, I guess, just had the same values as me, like, Yeah, so only had the same values. I got you. So, all right, so now you got this candidate. What do you think would be the funding? Like, what would you, so say you got like a million dollars or whatever, or X amount of money, and you're like, hey, here, what would you tell them to do with it? Or what would you want to, what, yeah, so what would you tell them to do with it? Um, make a really good, um, commercial and put it everywhere <laughs> okay <laughs> and like be on billboards and everything like put your face out there put a canvas team together like i don't like just get out there that's what is a canvas team oh that's like um when you go door to door and you're like hey this candidate's running we hope to get your vote pretty much mm, okay so what is the importance of that because we always hear people say oh we went door to door and we did this and we did that. So what is the significance of that? Like, does it actually work or are people annoyed? Because, you know, like, 
<laughs> you know, Jehovah's Witnesses have gone door to door, you know, different other different religious groups and people yeah. seem to be very annoyed by that. So what makes political campaigns different? Well, when I did it, um, they went to voters that already voted like for that party. So uh, it wasn't so they like, have like a targeted list. Yes. Unless someone moved, then that was kind of awkward because I actually like there's a story where I was <laughs> where I was canvassing and the person that I the door I went to, they weren't part of that party and they were oh, like geez. they got so mad. They were <laughs> like, What are you doing? You're not even supposed to be doing this and I was like, Oh sorry. <laughs> Wrong door. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's crazy. So let's switch gears a little bit. So what do you see wrong with politics in no, America wrong now? With politics. Yeah. Um it's just so divisive, I would say. Cause that's one reason why I decided not to pursue a career in politics. Because it was just like you're either on this side or you're wrong. Or mm-hmm. you're either on the other side or you're wrong. There's not there's no like, oh well maybe this side has a point, this side has a point, let's be in the middle about it. It's just so extreme, I would I would say. Yeah, there's definitely almost like a civil war of ideas yeah. going on, especially in America, where it's like, even if we've been friends, if I find out you support this one idea, then we, we have to, I, I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah. And it's like, we built up this whole friendship and saw it on everything. And then it's like, oh, this one idea, you're a bad person, can't talk to you. Which I think is very sad. It's, it's toxic, actually. Yeah. Because then nothing will ever be able to get done because then you just start weeding people off until you get into an echo chamber. And yeah. then all you hear is, you know, what you agree with. And you're, there's no growth that can happen there. So you always need to be interacting with people who disagree with you or people who have a broader perspective than you so that you can continue to grow and continue to sharpen your perspective on different things and different issues. Because if you don't do that, then we're not going to be able to fix anything, which is precisely why things aren't getting fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember, I think it was like 20, we were in college, 20, what year was that? Whenever Trump won. What year was that? We were like freshmen in college. Uh, 15, right? No, 16. 16. 16. 2016. Yeah, when that happened. So at that time, I was very much far left. So at that time, but a lot of my friends. Like far left? Well, Like you were way over there? I mean, I wasn't like way over there, but Uh, I was definitely. I was like, how left were you? I was definitely pro blue over there, okay? And I remember, like, when he got elected, I would, like, everyone was on Twitter at that time. And I remember I had friends that were pro-Trump or, or Republican and mm-hmm. stuff. And I remember they were just, like, saying stuff in Twitter. And I was like, nope, we can't be friends anymore because you support this person. And it's like, now looking back, I was like, that's so messed up. Like, we were really good friends. And I decided to, like, just cut you off because of your political views. It's crazy. Yeah, and it, it's really sad, too, because the people that you're supporting, that both of you are supporting, you have you know nothing about. Like, you, I don't know Donald Trump, 
and they don't know Joe Biden or whoever, you know, whoever each of y'all are voting for, but y'all are dividing and deciding to separate this friendship that y'all built in person yeah. over these people that y'all have y'all don't know in real life who all they all you know about them is their talking points and what they say they support and what they say they're going to do yeah and not what they've actually done um i mean of course i'm not saying that presidents don't come through with everything they say but most presidents don't follow through with everything they say right they might you know hit some key things that they said they were going to do but it's very rare that Everything a president promised, they said they were going to do that they can do because you know you're you're fighting Congress um, and the different branches of government, and you're just I mean it's just hard to get stuff through, especially now that things are so divisive. It's even harder. So yeah, it's very interesting how that works that we're willing to separate personal relationships because for of a vote, a vote, yeah, on people we know nothing about who yeah. probably are often working together and putting on a show so that they can all just profit. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, okay, buddy on the left. Oh yeah, I'll probably go eat lunch with him. Yeah. But we're gonna put on a show and we're gonna divide America because that's profitable. Like if everybody yeah. was kumbaya, right? Then there wouldn't be as much competition because competition's actually what drives profit, which is kind of the bad part of capitalism where it's capitalism almost has no conscience. And so Americans and people have to be the conscience for capitalism. So that's why we have to put different parameters around different things and, you know, different legislators to, you know, so that it doesn't just go haywire or else it'll just feed on everybody. I mean, it's already doing, you know, I mean, look at Amazon. Amazon's feeding on just everything. All right. You want two day shipping? Okay. Oh, we can get it to you today now. It's like, it's crazy. And so now you're just like, boop, 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 boop. I mean, they give the people what they want. Yeah, they give the people what they want, but not what they need. Yeah, and so, but, but whose responsibility is that? I mean, it is, you, you do need to take some personal responsibility. And, but at the same time, it goes back to, you know, what you sell people because things aren't always, what they, aren't always what they seem. And yeah. so I would agree. Yeah, that. a lot of times they could put lipstick on a pig and then you get your package and it's like, uh, I should have never bought that. Like, I was bamboozled. But, I mean, it is your fault. I mean, but that's also what reviews are for. I mean, reviews, I mean, it, it's also depends on what you're using. You know what I mean? So, like, a review for one person is going to be totally different for a review for, because you could be using it for different reasons or have two different perspectives on like how the product works. Cause it could work the same for both of you, but your perception of what it's doing for you could be different. It's like, oh, it worked, but I didn't like it. It was not good for my circumstance and vice versa. Yeah, it's interesting how all that works. What do you think needs to happen to, you know, sort of right the ship and change politics? Mm, I think it's similar to what you were saying about capitalism not having a conscience. I feel like politics needs a soul, I guess. Mm, okay. And the only way you can really like get your soul right is with, through Jesus. So I feel like, I guess practically speaking, 
I don't know. I feel like it would start with the constituents that are voting. And because if we don't vote, if, no, if everyone stopped voting, like, I don't know what would happen, but no, the, that would be... The government would just be the government. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. That's a hard question. Well, everyone can't stop. Well, what would happen is they would be able to manufacture votes mm. because you have to sell that there's a democracy. Mm-hmm. And so if everybody stopped voting, well, they can't let that happen because then... It would you can't topple everything. Well, you, you're not able to sell the dream anymore, mm. right? You're because then it'd be like, oh, like what is America? So they can't let that happen. So votes would have to be manufactured. It's kind of like the the other countries where there's clearly a dictator, but then they have an election and they say, oh, <laughs> yeah, we had a this is a democracy. We had a free election. It's like no, you, you think didn't. that would happen here, like that or I mean, similar? I, I mean, I think. Votes would just be manufactured to show that, oh, like, record-breaking numbers this year. People voted. and um, But if you actually went and did, a like, a census on who actually voted. It wouldn't match up. Exactly. Mm. It may not even match up now. Yeah, so, I was thinking that while I mean, you were talking. And that's not, I'm not. Yeah, it's I don't have, it's yeah, this is, that is a. <laughs> it's just a thought. <laughs> yeah, that's just a thought. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, not not saying that that's actually true, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, but yeah, I think it would have to start with constituents and I don't know. I feel like people also are afraid to like vote for like the independent person because they're like, well, it won't count anyways. But I don't know. It might do something that we don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think people just need to change where their home, like their local body first. Oh, yeah. And they need to start, start make locally. It, they need to make it look like whatever they want it to look like. Mm. So they need to make that be paradise or I they agree. need to vote for things locally that push it closer to the paradise that they see. Mm. And then, I mean, and that, that could look different in different places because it does look different in different places. Like, I'm probably not going to go to certain places in California that are just really, really blue. Those probably aren't my people. I'm not going to jive with those people. So, but that's fine. It's like they voted for, you know, their policies and stuff, and that's cool. And like they, they have the right to do that because that's what democracy is all about. Yeah. And so I think, uh, and you hear a lot of people say that the local election is more important than national election because it affects you right immediately. There, yeah. Now, national elections are very important because it's about, all right, when stuff hits the fan, like, what's going to happen? Like, are we going to be able to come together as a country? Uh, God forbid we get thrust into war. Then what's going to happen? Are we going to be able to unite? Or are we going to be fighting on, no, we shouldn't go to war. Yeah, we should. And then, you know, that's just going to cause a lot of issues. And so, but you, you just have to have a uniting principle around it all. And so if you start locally and then unite locally and then work on uniting at a state level, and then once the state is in order, then you can go forward and start uniting at a national level. Now, of course, there's going to be bumps in the road, but there's going to have to be a certain level of compromise so that we find some sort of unity 
in some sort of vision forward. Because if there's no unity, then there is no vision forward. Everybody's going in different directions. They're all chasing a different vision. Yeah, I know. I remember when I was in school, we were studying like how when the U.S., our country, has been the most unified, and it's usually after like a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Your Great Depression, mm-hmm. World War Two, nine eleven, nine eleven, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's un it's unbelievable because, yeah, we go and talk to World War Two vets, Trent and I, and the one thing they always say is, the country was so patriotic back then, like everybody was just about it, and they had to be, yeah, because most of the men had to drop everything and go fight for the country, and a lot of the women had to hold down the house, had to raise the kids, or they had to build a lot of the stuff that the, like, armor, they had to build, you know, guns, they were building planes, like there's, um, dang, what is that lady's name, the Riveter? I want to say it's Lucy. But there's just a famous, you know, picture, cartoon image of this woman riveting, which are basically like the, the, the bolts that, you know, clamp things together that when they were building planes. Um, and it's like, yeah, it took, a, it took everybody. It wasn't any fighting over, you know, you know, if things are super equal, which those are important issues and they need to be talked about, of course, but the uniting thread was, hey, we have a country to protect and we need to unite so that we can keep this country going so that we can work on these issues and thrive. Mm-hmm. And so... Now that you know, there's peace, essentially, it's like, well, we gotta find something, some other things to. Yeah, but everything, talk every, about. but everybody's uniting around different things. Yeah, vastly different things, and so hmm. that's yeah. that's kind of the issue. Your mom has a comment, and she is in the building. Shout out to Mama Mac, Rosie. Thank you, Amana, Armani. It's Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. Um, she says politics these days is like a game, and I don't think she was on when you actually said that. Yeah, so. it's true. Yeah, yeah see, so. it is a game. Like mama, like daughter. Mm-hmm. Hey, mom. <laughs> uh, Monty says, "Oh, absolutely, local elections are so important." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're very important. Um, I need to be better at, <laughs> you know, being informed about them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is what it is. I know. Um, Lester Miller in a county over is doing a fantastic job of, you know, turning Macon around. Yeah. Because it was not in a good place a couple of years ago. I think it was on like, top places, top most dangerous yeah, places in Georgia sure to like live too. and like raise a family not too long ago. And, and now, so he he's completely changed that and now for we're the getting, better. Now we're getting the largest pickleball. Yeah, largest pickleball in the world. People are saying, hey, you need to buy land in Macon. Like it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, that is politics. When we come back, we're going to be talking about femininity. Do you think you're feminine? Yeah, I would say so. You would say so. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're going to talk about it (laughs) when we come back after this break.
segment. We're about to get into another one. But before we do that, I need you to stop and I need you to pause. I need you to share this with another quality person that they can come and be a part of this quality experience. Get everybody, all your friends and family in the chat and let's really drive this conversation forward. We'll see you live right after this break. break. We are back, and we are going to be, I don't know why it's uh, going to that, that's annoying, but we are going to get into our next topic, femininity, and Amani, you are correct, this gonna be good, so make sure that you are sending this to your friends and family, invite them into this conversation, I know it's late, but we had things to do, we had a life. But if you're still rocking with us, make sure you like for the algorithm because we're on a mission to spread some practical religion. So, Kenya McIntosh, femininity. Joshua Prophet. All right. So you said you're passionate about femininity. What does that even mean? Um, I feel like we've gotten away from that as modern women and women as women in today's time. I feel like we've gotten far, far away from traditional femininity, biblical femininity. So I am uh, wanting to bring it back, you know, and that's what, you know, Faith and Beyond is about, just talking to other women about their faith journeys and how they move through life and things like that. So to encourage the next generation or this current generation to be a little more feminine and seek God's will. What is biblical femininity and um, traditional femininity? Because you said those, mm-hmm. and those just sounded like buzzwords to me, so I don't know what oh. they mean, so I need you to break it down. <laughs> um, okay, so there's, I guess, there's different kinds of femininity out there, so depending on what you search and what you look for, so there's traditional femininity, Biblical femininity, there's divine femininity, then there's dark femininity. Whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. There's dark femininity? Yeah, there are people that are into that. What does that even mean? It's more so like touching. Like dark people? No. Like, what? Like, like touching, diving into like more of like the witchcraft side of things. Oh, okay, we're moving on. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, but biblical femininity is basically like what is taught in the Bible about women, like women in the Bible, how they 
behaved, how they moved, mm -hmm. um, like Ruth, Esther, things like that. So I like really like studying them. And of course, there's other women in the Bible, but just studying them and like, however they moved, we should move like Proverbs 31, you know, things like that. Okay. What would you say, let's stick with biblical femininity for a second. What would you say your favorite model, I guess, of a biblical woman would be? Besides Proverbs 31, everybody says that. Yeah. But you mentioned a couple of names like Ruth, Esther. I don't know. I would say Mary. Esther. Okay. What Esther, a, definitely. What specifically about Esther? Because I think I got, did I not get the book? Mm -hmm. It was like the little picture book, but it had the words, but it was like in an artistic way. Yeah. 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 What about Esther? Um, I think just like the whole story itself. But I guess specifically about femininity, just how it kind of like led up to her being chosen to be queen and her as a queen. So, um, so like her leading up to being a queen, it just showed like the process and the things that they did to prepare her for that. And also kind of showed how she listened to like her cousin Mordecai, mm -hmm. and he like told her like, hey, this is what you need to do. And she like listened to him. And just like the different beauty practices that they did in there also to like prepare her to like meet the king and stuff like that. And just because of like her dedication and with the process, um, that was really cool because of course, obviously like she ended up getting chosen to be the queen. So that was really cool. And then her as a queen, like just her strength and like how she interacted with the king was really cool because there were times, like there was a time or multiple times where basically there was something really big gonna happen. I don't wanna like spoil a story for people that haven't read it, but. No, you need to spoil it. They need to know. It was really good. So I want them to read it, but okay. It's not like a Netflix show. Like people need to, people need to know. Okay. So pretty much, um, why did you give me that look? <laughs> I didn't give you a look. Yes, you did. They did I give him it. a look? Did I do did it? Everybody saw it on the <laughs> Did I put put it in the chat if I gave him a look? Man, I, I know your looks. So they might not even see it, but you definitely gave me a look. Mm. Yeah. But pretty yeah, much. Watch this. When we turn off the camera, she's going to be like, sorry, babe. Hope I didn't hurt your feelings. Why would I say that if I didn't give you a look? <laughs> Anyways, so... Didn't mean to disrespect you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything else? No, proceed. Okay. So... I love you so much. <laughs> I'm just playing good. <laughs> okay, so pretty much, like, there was an order put out by one of the king's men to essentially, like, kill all the Jews because Mordecai didn't bow to... The guy, I forgot his name, but, and Mordecai was a Jew. So Mordecai put out this, I mean, not Mordecai, the guy put out this letter, got the king to sign it to kill all the Jews on a specific day. So then Esther ended up getting word that that was going to happen. And she's also a Jew, but no one knows she's a Jew. And so pretty much she fasted for like three days, I believe. And, um, then after that, she ended up going to the king and just the way like she went to the king and she was just like, if it so pleases the king, would you mind doing 
A, B, C, D. And, and he ended up doing it. And overall, she ended up protecting all the Jews. And there was a festival for her because of it. So just like her faith and just how she went about doing things. Like, I feel like nowadays, if women were in that position, a lot of them would like pop off and be like, oh, oh we're not going to do that. But just how she was just like, if it so pleases the king, please do X, Y, and Z. And it was like granted to her and stuff like that. So hmm. it was like a graceful strength about her. Yes. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting mm-hmm. to where, because you said to, there was strength, but there was also femininity. So break that down for us. How can you be strong? Because normally when you think strong, you think of strong, masculine man. But how can women be feminine, but also convey strength? Um, I think mostly like you have your standard and you don't cross or you don't go under your standard, I would say. And so anything that... Whoa, whoa. So you talk so the cheesecake lady sh- she shouldn't have th- that was her standard. That's different. That's different. That's different. That was her standard. Okay. Well, we'll talk about the cheesecake lady. Okay. That's different because <laughs> when was her standard. <laughs> yeah, it's her but it's like if that was her standard, right? Okay. Say like this guy asked her out mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yeah, let's go." And then they roll up at cheesecake factory and you're just like this is not my standard. I deserve better than Cheesecake Factory. Like, that's not feminine. Like, mm. I feel like the better option, one, that's not her man. Like, that's not her man. <laughs> like, he did not ask you to be his girlfriend. You guys aren't in a committed relationship. You Just because, like, you want to go to Ruth's Chris or whatever, that doesn't mean you're entitled to go to Ruth's Chris. Like... But that's her standard. <laughs> yes, but it's different because okay hold on (laughs) it's different because i don't want to say it's like unrealistic because i think i think there's materialistic standards and then there's and then there's like intangible relational standards like, yes, there's a certain word I'm looking for, like a value, like... Oh, like virtues? Yeah, yeah. There's, like, materialistic, and then there's things that matter. Right. And I feel like a lot of materialistic things don't matter because it's like, okay, you're only going to have it in this life. Right. Like, what does that matter? Like, it doesn't matter. So I feel like... Is very surface level. Her standard is very surface level. I feel like your standards need to be right, right. Just like deeper. I don't know. You need to have well, yeah. deeper standards. Well, it's kind of crazy because it's like you're going on a date with this guy, yeah. And the whole point of a date is to get to know the guy, exactly. But you're worried about what the he's fact that you, you didn't go to. Spending. It's not like you pulled up to McDonald's, and even still, like it's a date. And I believe he picked her up or something. I don't know the full story, but I just thought, I thought that was, I thought it was kind of crazy. So. Yeah, that's just, it's not the same. Mm-mm. That's a different standard. We don't, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. So, okay. So strength, 
and femininity. So you got to have standards. Yes. Valuable, deep standards, moral standards, um, like what you're rooted in kind of standards, mm. like that kind of, that kind of, those kind of standards. You have that. Um, I think that's how you can tell you're not easily swayed. And mm. when you're not easily swayed, there's strength in that because you're not, you're rooted, you know, you're not, you're not going anywhere. You're not changing it kind of thing. So, Right. So it's like because you stand for something, you won't just fall for anything. Yeah. Type thing. No, I like that. I like that. Um, your mom says, act like a lady. Yeah. Act like a lady, think like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Amani <laughs> says she couldn't finish watching the video because it was that crazy. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> come on. Even so, there's a certain way to go about things. So, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. even if she was like, I don't want to go to Cheesecake Factory, she could still like go in there. Be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for bringing me here. I would love it if we could, if I could pick out the next restaurant, if this date goes well. Like that. See, that's... That's that's tea that's tea right there, okay. Okay. I see it. <laughs> Pop off. Like for the algorithm, that is it's quality. Amani's um, Amani's she's getting to work with those fingers. <laughs> if a man took me on a date to McDonald's, would it be my first choice? Absolutely not. But I'm not making a video and bashing that man no. for social media so rude. Yeah, because it was almost that's like rude. That is rude. It's almost like you made the video so that you could show the world and build this following so that you could upgrade your dating choice. But that it's almost it, like a play. But it's like that wouldn't even work, especially if, if there's a particular kind of man that she wants that would take her to somewhere expensive. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that wouldn't work, especially if she's like wanting to be married and she wants the she wants like a husband mm. kind of person to come into her life. Like I feel like. Any but that but that's not the way she was thinking. She's thinking, hey, like if I put this video out and I get a bunch of following, then I'll get to upgrade, you know. And so now that doesn't make that doesn't make sense. She didn't think about she didn't think that through. To use the words of Candace Owens, the whole mind is fascinating. But like, and that is another factor of like femininity is like, be like you have to think like you're you're not just there to be a log and and just sit there and look pretty like. You're giving a brain for a reason. So you gotta mm, okay. think stuff out. Okay. Think stuff out, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna argue with and that. And that's another thing about Esther is like, she didn't like, when she made decisions, she didn't just react all of a sudden. Like she prayed about it, she fasted about it, mm -hmm. she thought it through, and then she moved. It wasn't just like, immediately like impulsive yeah impulsive yeah. yeah that's a good life lesson for everybody which i think people can learn from esther even guys is hey there's a way to go about things where you can convey strength that is not necessarily brute force but is this intelligence and there's an elegant way to go about things to where you don't always have to be rah-rah in your face because even for men sometimes you're facing an opponent like David versus Goliath. You're facing an opponent that if it's just sheer mano-a-mano -mano brute force, you're going to lose. So what you have to use 
is your mind. You have to use wisdom and you, you know, have to go with the flow and strike in a more strategic way. So, and that's how you become more successful in life. It's not always about displaying what you can do. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's, you know, hiding what you have and playing your cards right. Mm -hmm. So use the cards you were dealt. Yeah. It's a game. It's a game. <laughs> Going with the theme of today. T-Max says, straight up ridiculous. I must say, the oyster lady was oh, searching yeah. for attention. That's another thing. What was the oyster lady? Um, I think I saw that video, but I can't remember. There's too many videos coming out. Yeah, I don't think I watched it, but I guess basically... Oh, yeah. She went... Okay, okay. I think she. the guy took her out on a date... And he was like, let's just go out for drinks. And then she was like, oh, well, there's like an oyster deal or whatever. So she ended up like purchasing a bunch of food and oysters. Oh, yeah. She stuff. ordered like 40 something yeah. oysters, like and something he ridiculous. Was like, he was like, mm -mm. yeah, you pay. No, you can pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wild, man. Because it's like, I mean, oyster bars are generally, they're not cheap. Right? Mm -hmm. It's more of a, niche finer dining type of establishment generally and so that's almost like a privilege to go to an like oyster bar like they're not they don't just have oyster bars in other countries where you just go and you have oysters at like countries that aren't like first world you know what i mean and so a lot of times we take our great privilege for granted but then we're always screaming oh we need to help the less fortunate and it's like some of the less fortunate here, now, don't get me wrong, there's some people that are really down bad and that definitely need help. But a lot of people that are less fortunate here or in perspective to the rest of the world aren't so less fortunate, right? It's relative poverty yeah. in a lot of cases. So, But now there, there are some people that are down bad that do need help and we do need certain socialized programs for them. But... That doesn't mean socialize everything. That makes sense. No, I don't agree with that. I mean, like, I agree with your statement. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, get, I, I got what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I got what you're saying. All right, so let's dive more into femininity. How does one become feminine? Like, what does that journey look like? Hmm. Um, well, of course, all, it all goes back to God. Also, this is back to studying the word. And I think as you do that, then you just kind of naturally, you just naturally kind of get more into alignment with who you're supposed to be, who you're called to be. And as a woman, like you're just naturally feminine. You're just naturally that. Um, but I think over time and as life goes on, hello, Sonic, our mascot. As life goes on, um, I think we can tend to drift far, farther and farther away from that. Like when I was talking to my mom and I asked her, like, do you think you're feminine? She was like, I mean, I, I think I just I think I just am like right. she didn't have she didn't think about it. And I think that I think that like once we are aligned with God and we are doing 
with God and we are doing what we were supposed to do. I think we just naturally like drift into that mode. Um, but I would also say like just studying, like studying feminine women, studying what femininity is, study, studying, <laughs> studying um, the woman in the Bible, studying Proverbs 31. And if there's something that sticks out and you're like, oof, I do not have that skill, you just gotta be like, Lord, please help me like with this area. <laughs> right. And like, I promise you like over time, like you'll get it because when I was like on my femininity journey and everything, and I started studying like how to be a wife, Stop it. how to be a mom, stuff like that. Um, There's just a lot of characteristics where I was like, ooh, I do not think I have that. So, but through prayer and like practicing those things, like they just come, I think. Hmm. Like with hospitality, like I never thought I would be a hoster, like host things at my house, <laughs> <laughs> but just naturally came about. Is that something you enjoy? Yeah. I like having people and friends over and eating good food with them and having good conversations with them. So I do enjoy it. Nice. Who are some women outside of the Bible that you may have studied or were influential as far as helping you to become more feminine or helping you to refine staying feminine? Definitely my mom. Um, when I was like in early years of college, even probably high school, I definitely took her femininity for granted. And I was like, I do not want to be um, like hosting things. I did not want to be like a stay at home mom, even though my mom like worked every now and then, you know, um, I just. I just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. <laughs> I like the Cardi B song. <laughs> mm. I was like, why do I have to do that? But looking back, looking back now, it's like, there's like beauty in that. I remember I was talking to someone and I was there's like- There's beauty in cleaning? Yeah, there's beauty in like taking care of your home. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Making it beautiful. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, taking care of your home. There's beauty in making a good meal and like people enjoying your meal. Like I find so much joy in that. When you <laughs> like my food and you're like, yeah, you did that. I'm like, yes, let's go. Um, so yeah, I think those things are very important. Oh, I remember like in college I was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, I don't want to cook. And then they were like, so you don't want like your kids to go to school talking about how good your food is? And I was like, that's a good point. Dang, yeah. <laughs> that was a good point. You just went for the jugular there. I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't want to cook? Why? Why didn't you want to cook? Because I was just like, I just felt like as a woman, that was like my thing to do. Like I was supposed to do it. And so and you I were like, like, let me just rebel against that? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of women or young girls are like that to where they're just rebelling against their nat their nature just natural well, well yeah just the things that they're supposed to do that have embodied women or a woman's role for so long that they're like i'm going to do the exact opposite of that i'm going to be the antithesis 
of this model traditional woman because this is kind of what society's pushing towards. Now, there's a lot of different things within you know, the traditional mold that needed to be broken, but that doesn't mean that everything was bad. And so yeah. a lot of things, like you said, cooking brings enjoyment for a lot of different women that I know. It's like, yeah, I love getting in the kitchen and cooking and, you know, people enjoying my food and mm -hmm. me just being able to provide a good meal for people. And I think if a lot of young ladies, especially nowadays, would break this wall down in their head that they have to be the opposite of that mold and, you know, try different things, they'll be like, oh, no, this is very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that doesn't mean you have to embody the whole persona of what a traditional woman is because I don't even think you do because we live in a different time. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that a modern woman has to be the opposite of what a traditional woman is. You can take the best characteristics of it and fit it into our cultural context yeah. for today because, I mean, a lot of times that role was, well, the woman's role was like that because the man went out and worked and brought the majority of the income in. So I was like, oh, well, let me do my part for the household. So now that, you know, women are making a lot of money now, um, their things have to, you know, even out because things still have to get done. But that doesn't mean that, oh, like providing a meal for, you know, your family isn't still going to be a good thing. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, generally nurturing people, especially women, that just tend to like. It's like, oh, yeah, I provided this meal for my child. I provided this meal for my husband. Like, I get to take care of this. And I get to take care of that and make sure the house is clean and neat and looks good. I designed this. I designed that. I think it's just a cool thing that helps you embody femininity. So. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I'd also add, I think... I would say, like, your mom also kind of molded me. Oh, do tell. In femininity, in a way. Um, I think, like, in the strength aspect, just because, like, well, she knows how to cook. Like, she's very good. She's very good. <laughs> <laughs> but also just, like... <laughs> yeah, I remember. Because <laughs> you, you were like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to cook like your mom. It's like... I'm not expecting you to. <laughs> I knew that was going to be pretty hard to top. Because, like, growing up, and hold your thought, but growing up, I would, like, eat my mom's food and be like, yeah, this is just great. Yeah. But I kind of, like, took it for granted until I went to my friend's house. <laughs> and, like, everything was just different. And yeah. And just like. You're like, wait, wait a second. I was like, this is worse than the. No, I'm not going to. This, this is bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. Because, like, you know, presentation, not as good. But it's like, okay, like, my mom goes over the top, you know. She's just one of those moms. But then, you, you know, cut into the chicken, and it's like, oh, no, this is dry. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's, like, drier than I'm used to. And not even that it's bad. It's not, like, totally dry. Yeah. But, like, it's just way drier than you're used to. And then everybody's talking about how good the food is. And you're, and you're like... like Y'all don't know, <laughs> you know, it's it's real funny um, how, you know, when people have certain gifts and you just grow up with them mm -hmm. or grow up 
reaping the benefits of their gifts, you can often take it for granted until, you know, you have to go somewhere where, you know, that somebody else has to showcase that same talent and they're not as talented as it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very interesting. But proceed, how did my mom show you strength? Oh, just how, I would just say it, just how she, you know what I mean, you know your mom, but just how she carries herself. Like, she's still, like, she's, she knows how to dress. Like, she dresses very classy, Mm -hmm. very put together. And she has a strong personality, but she's also, like, has, like, a nurturing care about you side also. Yeah, it's a very interesting dichotomy. Yeah. Like, she's very upfront and direct, but then also at the same time, like, very oh, come over and to. let me provide this meal and yeah. let me do this and we'll have you over. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's like, I don't want people out. So, like, it's really <laughs> funny. It's really funny to see um, how my mom works. But, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. you have anything to add on femininity? Um, I would say, like, if you're watching this and you do want to be more feminine, um, it's, it takes time. Um, and there's a lot of layers to it, but start with Christ, start with Christ, and then everything will fall into place. You will find you like your own style and everything. Cause I think a lot of times people think femininity is like this one box and you fit in this one box and everyone who's feminine has to look a certain way. But I think there's different styles to it too. So. Well said. I like that. So that is our femininity segment, but stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to be getting into prop tips. I'm going to be sharing two quotes that I found interesting to talk about with Kenya. She's going to give her thoughts and perspective. We're even going to react to a video. So don't touch that dial, as they used to say in the old day. People, people hope you hope enjoyed, you enjoyed that, segment. that segment. Now, now is the, the time to share this with your friends and family. Because we're running out of time. We only got, got one more one topic, topic left. left. And we want, we want people in here to enjoy and experience this, this quality, quality content, content that you are experiencing. Because, because not, only not only do we get to produce it, it but you also get to be a part of the making of this. Why we love to do live shows. And we will be back live here right after this break. I need you to hit that share button. Hey guys, welcome to the Conscious Outlet Podcast. We are officially a part of the Quality Entertainment Network and we are so happy to be here. I'm Miracle Monique. And I'm Alan J. And we're here to discuss the intersection of culture, faith, media, so we can inspire some practical solutions to some huge societal challenges that we're facing today. So let's work together to get this done. All right, it is time to get into our third and final segment, Prof Tips. So we're going to be talking about some of my tips. Now, before we do that, thank you, T-Mac, because apparently we did a nice job on femininity. So into our third topic. Before we get into it, I need you to... Because we got some more quality content 
on the way, Amani saying, having that wisdom and self-control is big. So that was referring to the Esther when we were talking about Esther. And she was also saying, yes, you naturally want to be nurturing and want a provider. So talking Mm -hmm. about like a man that provides. So thank you for your comments. So into prof tips. So I've been, you know, writing quotes down for the longest time. I used to share different quotes that I found interesting from other people or just different ideas that popped into my head on social media in a series called Prof Tips on you know, Instagram and Facebook. And I did 226 of them until I started doing upgrading the content to stuff like this, you know? And that was actually the beginning of my content uh, journey was making these prof tips. Sometimes I did skits. Sometimes I just sat down in front of it. Or yeah, in front you did of a those camera. games. That was cool. Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, was that a prof tip or not? That wasn't a prof tip. Those oh, okay. were just like the Animoji games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were cool. That was just an idea I had. And it actually worked out pretty well. But it was a lot of editing. I, was, <laughs> I would not do that again. You got to put some of your legacy ones up here. Yeah. Oh, I should do like an episode on the break of the Animoji game. Yes. That, would be, that would be pretty sick. So, yeah, I might have to look into that. But the only problem is they're like vertical. Vertical. So I'd have to make like a different, well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> I'll just make a different graphic for it. But yeah. Anyway, so that was prof tips. So now I have a whole basically journal segment in my little notebook that I have of prof tips that, you know, just different quotes that pop into my head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to write that down. And then I have another segment for like Bible ideas. So just thoughts about theology or thoughts about God or thoughts about this, thoughts about that. And so those compile prof tips in their totality. So here are two. So we're going to get into the first one here. And the first one is sometimes silence is the best music. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that um, prof tip? I would agree. I mean, I think it goes back to, I think what we were talking about earlier or last week, um, when it comes to sometimes you just have to be in silence and meditate on the word in silence and just be I think, yeah, I would I would agree with your prof tip here. Awesome, awesome, yeah. I think um, it goes to sometimes we just need stillness in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this, that one of our last episodes where yeah. it was like, yeah, we just need to take a moment, especially when we wake up, the best thing to do before you get your day started is to properly attune yourself to and put yourself in the right frame of mind so that you can be the most productive and optimize your day effectively. And silence is necessary in those situations. You need silence so that you can be able to listen to people. You need silence so that you can especially listen to what God has for you. And a lot of times, this goes back to the segment, is when we pray, we're just you know, shouting at God, or shouting out requests, shouting out what we want him to do for us, shouting out these different things, maybe asking him why, you know, instead of being silent, 
and listening so that he can reveal the answer. And so sometimes silence is the best music. Because there's also a problem with always just needing something going, right? And I feel like that builds more anxiety when you can't just be still and enjoy being just being yeah Yeah. just being in just the stillness of life like there just shows that you don't really have peace if you can't you know just go on a walk in nature and just walk right if you gotta constantly have something going in your ear and sometimes i get caught up in this too it's like when i'm working it's like tv's got to be on this has got to be going this got to be going and sometimes i'm just like you know this is too much like I'm overwhelming myself unnecessarily because I'm like overstimulating everything. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the best thing to do is like, all right, I'm just gonna work, all right? No music, you know, put my phone on the opposite side of the room. We're just going to get in the flow of just work and doing what I have to do. And then when it's over, then I can go and do something else. But I think because of our technology, which is a great blessing, it's also bestowed upon us somewhat of a curse to where now it's super easy to be overstimulized with just everything, whether it's phone, notifications going off, and it doesn't help that they optimize it so that you stay on the phone or that you get this dopamine hit every time you hear the ding, mm-hmm. you know? And so- I get the notification, this person's following you. Follow yeah, exactly, this exactly. This person liked your post. All right, and so you have that, and then you gotta worry about work and then you got to work about personal stuff and then things just start to pile on very quickly and so sometimes you have to learn the discipline of okay let me just compartmentalize this let me focus on this thing let me put everything else to the side all right and then move on step by step by step and enjoy as much silence as i can throughout life even when you know i have to be doing something Mm -hmm. but also you also need to carve out time during the day where everything is just still and you could just be and you can really get to understand who you are because that doesn't become apparent to you unless you are silent unless you are still unless you are able to be and you're able to be comfortable with that like sometimes i can just sit in my room and just do nothing and just think and i'm good I don't need anything. I don't need anything from anybody. I'm just being. And I think that's true peace. Yeah, I think I would agree that it's true peace, just being able to be, whether that's you walking and enjoying the moment, enjoying the birds, enjoying right. the sounds of the wind, you know. Where's Sonic at? Right here. So yeah, so Sonic, come here. She's looking her. She's bathing herself. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, perfect example. Sonic's just being. And she's <laughs> going to be whether we want her to or not. And that's kind of beautiful. And it's cool that we have this higher level of consciousness as humans. But sometimes we miss the beauty of life and just being still mm. and just being present and just being comfortable in your own skin. And I think a lot of things in society have stripped us from that because they want you to do this and they sell you this and they sell you that 
you got this campaign going on here. They want you to be worried about the environment. They want you to be worried about this. And so many and things again, going on. And again, a lot of this stuff is important. Some of this stuff isn't, right? But you just get overwhelmed and bogged down. And so carving out that time to get to know yourself and to be grounded will help you navigate when all these things are thrown at you, you'll be able to filter things more effectively. Yeah, I also learned today that working out, working out without music actually gets you through your workout faster. I believe it. Mm -hmm. I don't really like working out with music. I used to do it when I went to the gym, but I always just like, all right, let me just hammer this out because I, I feel like it's distracting sometimes because then it's like you're kind of waiting for this beat to drop or you're waiting yeah. for the next song or you like this song so you stop and you're like <laughs> yeah or you just kind of get into because like or if I do listen to music I actually rather listen if I work out I'd rather listen to a podcast where I'm just yeah passively consuming it and I'm not really thinking about much because sometimes music doesn't necessarily put me in a lull because mm. I like analyze music oh, differently well, than more do. people. The, more, or different. Because you're like, I people. hear every single thing here. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, I make music. So yeah. it's like, oh, let me hear how they put this together. Like, what type of drum are they using? What mm. type of, you know, yeah, you, things, you're so. different. You're different. But I would, yeah, I like, sometimes I would like listening to like sermons while I'm working out. Because then it's like I get the word in while mm -hmm. also working out my body. And then sometimes the pastor will say something like spicy. And you're like, like in the middle of like lifting something, you're like, ooh. <laughs> <No? That's laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's funny. So, yeah, we got a couple comments surrounding this prof tip. So let me put them up on the screen. Amani said, oh, yes, I have a notebook from Target that has tabs. I have different sections for journaling, vocabulary, and prayers, etc." Yeah, so get you. That, that's yes, basically how my notebook is set up. I have, you know, prop tips, Bible, quality, just general notes, kind of just like stuff I just want to write down, kind of scratch paper. And then I have like a daily section where I write down, okay, this is all everything that you need to get done and then there's like a little box to the side that's like top priorities and there's three of them and so those are the things that i have to get done that day and so i make sure those are checked off at minimum and then try to go through you know all the re all the rest of the stuff that i have going on i guess mine is like more separated like i have a notebook specifically for like prayer and journaling and then i have my planner for like my to-do list stuff. And then I have another planner for like workouts and health and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're a multi-planner type girl, I see. Monty said, yes, you need silence to hear the voice of God. Gary. I like that. And she also says silence is one thing I'm definitely working on. Also waiting on his time amen to yes. that oh i don't have an amen on here i need to change amen, something amen yeah yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to change that but yeah um silence is hard because even if you 
get into a routine of silence, it could easily be broken with you know, just one event that happens in life that steals a lot of your attention, and then you just go back into the rat race, and sometimes you're not able to spiral out. But it's very important to make sure that you keep that a priority so that when things, when you are in that spiral, when things do come up, that, all right, you don't go insane. You don't start to, you know, essentially start to lose your mind and get overwhelmed. You're able to, you know, throttle back and put things into perspective and unfog your brain so that you're able to move effectively even through a time of crisis or turmoil or whatever life throws at you. So yeah, let's get into our second prop tip. Here it is. We all serve a master that is above us, even the masters. So what do you think about that? It makes me think of this verse. I don't, I don't have the exact wording, but we actually kind of went over it today in Bible study. Um, it was in John chapter 10, though. I can give you that. So pretty much um, it was referencing like in the Old Testament how the priests and those in the clergy pretty much were called gods, like lowercase g gods, um, but they still served God, like the one true God, you know. So this makes me think of that because it's like we all serve God even those that might be in leadership, whatever, like we all will mm. come to, <laughs> we will all come to face him at some point in life oh, yeah. or at the end. So yeah, for, for me specifically in writing this, it's everybody is looking to serve something essentially like everybody's if you're if you wake up in the morning and you have to have a purpose and we attach our purpose to different things and so people are like i'm atheist and it's like well what do you serve and for some atheists it's serving proving that god isn't real mm -hmm. for some people it's oh i'm going to save the environment so i think jordan peterson says that people are always looking for a messianic problem to solve mm -hmm. to where they can be the savior of something. Yeah. Right. And it's good to do, you know, good work and to go out and fix things in the world. That's what we're called to do, to be the light and to be the salt of the earth. But when you aren't serving things properly, then you start to idolize stuff. So then you start mm -hmm. to idolize Okay, serving, saving the environment to the point to where, okay, like you're saying that this is the most important thing that we have to do. And it's like, no, there's, there's other issues mixed in there. Like that's not the only problem in the world. And so we need to talk about how do we structure these problems or prioritize these problems so that the most people benefit in the end. And so I think that's the, the tension where it's like, people want to save the environment or people want to fight for equal rights. And again, all these problems are huge issues, but we can't solve every problem all at once. And that's the problem 
<laughs> ironically, with everything that's going on, is we have all these different people trying to solve all these different problems and saying that they're all the biggest issue. Mm -hmm. And so nobody's actually concerned about their soul and loving their neighbor. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think we need to get back to the root of, and I think that ties into the silence thing. It's like when you're silent, you can put things in perspective and you can really work on your soul so that you can appropriately communicate with your neighbor so that you can love them the way that Christ loved, you know, everybody that he encountered. And so if you're not able to do that, then, or if you're not serving God, then you're serving Some. something that's not going to be optimal for serving your neighbor, right? You're only, it's only optimal for serving your your personal agenda, this idea that's in your head, so that you can be the savior of whatever you're trying to save. Mm. Oh. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah, so that's uh, that's how that that's how that cr cookie crumbles. Uh, let's see. Amani says, "True peace comes from." not needing to be with someone and enjoying nature or peace. So yeah, I like that. That's a, that's quality. I would also say true peace is when you can be in the midst of chaos and still have the same level of, you know, stillness and same, Sanity. like you're still undisturbed yeah. even in the midst of chaos. And so that's when you're like, oh no, like I'm good. Yeah. I got true peace. It's like when things, everybody's running around you and you're just, and like, just like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. That's, that's true peace. Mm. But no, yeah, being, I think step one though, absolutely to attaining true peace is not needing to be with someone or something like a tool, like your phone or a TV on or just anything, or even like a book, you know, not needing a tool, just, just you quiet in nature i think that's step one to attaining true peace absolutely so yeah thank you Gary. for that do you think you attain true peace yes i'm just like <laughs> yeah you don't care <laughs> it's not that i don't care i'm just like so in the moment with things and like it's been that's been a that's been a quite a journey to be honest with you because in college i was like very anxious about everything like crippling like, and it affected the way I played a lot of times. And then I just had to start working on, okay, like, I read Stillness is Key by Ryan Holiday, who goes over things about Stoic philosophy and all of that stuff. And that was a really cool outlook and perspective on different things. And so I was like, oh, like, yeah, stillness is key. And then you match that up with you know, what the Bible talks about and attaining peace. And then you just start working towards that goal with, okay, let me get up. Let me pray. Let me listen to God. Let me meditate on his word. Well, and that requires reading the word so that you can meditate. Mm -hmm. And then you just start to become, right? 
And you can't become if your prayers are always just talking and you never stop to meditate on the word because then there's no, there's no process where you're being shaped and you're being formed and your muscles are growing, right? Mm -hmm. Like imagine if all you did was just lift the weight and tear your muscles down and you never took a break. Well yeah. then you're just, you never like refueled yourself. Yeah, you're just you're literally just killing yourself. Yeah. You're, you're over exhausting yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing a lot of times when we're just shouting at God, going to live life, shouting at God, going to live life. Oh, these prayers aren't working. Now I'm not even gonna pray. Let me go live life, let me go live life, and then things just pile on. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you, you left out a key ingredient there. Stillness. Stillness. And so, yeah, I would say that stillness started when I was just like, oh, I'm good at home, and I like being by myself, and like, you can just lock me in a room for a couple of days, I'll be fine. <laughs> I know how to cook, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll be fine. And then it really has matured over the last year or two where now I'm able to just go out in public and I don't really get anxious about anything. I'm just like, all right, the situation comes up, stay calm, think about what I need to do, act. And that's it. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of conscious effort but eventually you get to the point to where you have become more and more like your goal as long as you continue to work and move towards it. I think that applies with femininity too. Mm, in what way? Because you just become, you aim towards it, you work towards it, mm -hmm. and you become. I like it. Amani says she loves listening to podcasts while working out or sermons. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'll, I like listening to like podcasts or just catching up on YouTube videos. And I'll like YouTube has this feature where you can put things in the queue now. So that's, if you have the thing, if you have. Oh, that's only on premium? Yes, it's oh, only on premium. Man, I wish I had a laugh track. Ha, 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 That's my life track. Whatever. Hey, y'all need to buy premium. I don't know why why y'all people are bugging out there. I've been telling Kenya to buy premium. Because when you buy premium, you don't have to watch ads on YouTube. Or you can or just what? add me to your plan, babe. I already told you you can, you can have it. Like, I can create multiple things. And you were like, no, then I have to resubscribe to everybody. You literally said that. You know you did. Oh. And you get YouTube music. Play the replay. It's a replay. I'll drop that. Like the, <laughs> the, like the regressive commercial. Yeah. 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 Imani <laughs> uh, says, if y'all see me in the gym doing a praise dance and crying, you know why. That's funny. Yeah, so, yeah, that is uh, Prof Tips. Now we're going to get into a reaction video before we get on out of here. Thank you guys for rocking with us tonight. This has been a fun little stream and conversation. So, let's get into this video. Will you be okay if God takes it away? If not, then that's a problem. You're idolizing it. You're finding it. Personality in, in it when that shouldn't, that be, shouldn't like be like that. that.
it. Let's get it because it's like, if you do think like you would just not know how you would act or or if you think that you'd be just so upset about something being removed from your life, like God removing something from your life, that is a good indicator that it, it is an idol. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's very interesting that when you have to watch what you attach yourself to, like your attachments. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you so attached to your phone or to being with this one particular person mm-hmm. that if they were complete, like removed from your life, that you wouldn't you would be able to crumble. function. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, not that you wouldn't be sad or you wouldn't miss their presence, mm-hmm. but that you wouldn't be able to continue on. Like it's that crippling of a circumstance for you yeah. in your head. That means that you have misprioritized and misvalued things on your hierarchy of values. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, would you be okay? That's a good question to ask anything. Like, would you be okay if this were taken away? It's like, well, yeah. And I think that's that's a big reason why I've been able to attain so much stillness and peace because I've detached myself from a lot of different things. Um, Not in a bad way, in a very healthy way to where it's like, yeah, I use this and I recognize it for what it is. This is a tool, like cameras. I love camera gear. I like buying camera gear. I like buying all this audio stuff. I like playing and making these productions, mm-hmm. right? But if it were taken away tomorrow, it's like, yeah, I'd be sad that I couldn't do it or I'd be sad if a camera broke. But it's not like it's the end of the world. Like life still goes on and you can get another camera. There might be a different circumstance down the road where I'm able to do this again. Right? It's not like it's the end, yeah. right? And people see it as like the end-all, be-all. And so when you, when you see things as the end-all, be-all, that's when you know that it's an idol, right? Because ultimately, God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so he is the only end-all, be-all for us. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And so if, you, if something is stripped away from you, and you have that mindset that oh, that's it, well, then you know that that's, you're putting that before you know, what God has in store for you. Yeah, I like how you phrased it. That was good, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> well, I thank you. So yeah, um, that is that video. Are you able to you know, detach from things? Like, how are, how are you doing in that department? I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good at detaching just because like I've known I've been in space I've been in a space where it was hard for me to to detach and I would like have idols. So like knowing how that feels and knowing you know, hindsight's 2020. 20, right. Now it's like if I even like catch myself creating this idol or, or creating this codependency, like with me and you or whatever, I'm just like, uh-uh, Lord, fix it. <laughs> no, we, we do not need this. No, we don't. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I would say I'm pretty good. I like that. Yeah, because especially in relationships, too, where you're like, 
man, I can't go on without this person. Yeah. It's like, well, what are you going to do then? You know, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like if, Lord forbid, they were to go and you were still here. It's like, well, you, you still have life to live. And it's mm-hmm. very sad and it's very tragic. But now you have to lean on the other people around you to get through this tough season. And that doesn't mean that it's the last, or I mean, let's, let's take it down for something so morbid. Let's take it down to a boyfriend, girlfriend, and they break up with you or something. And you're just, you've just been holding on to this relationship. Like, like in Twilight, you know? And that when Edward broke up with her and she was just staring out the window for like yeah, five, was, six months. Like, that was wild. That's, that's not healthy. Yeah, and it's like, you know there's other guys. That doesn't mean that that's going to be the only relationship that will ever make you feel like that. Like, there might be something that makes you feel even better that's in a much more healthy manner. Like, the relationships yeah. flows. And even, like, say, like, even before, like, you get in another relationship, like, there's just, like, you have a purpose. Like, there's things in life that you're supposed to do and accomplish. And that may or may not be with a person or another person or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's like, there's life, like you said, like, there's life to live. There's so much to life rather than wallowing and Mm. being so stuck and fixated on this one thing when there's an abundance of other things out there that you could explore. No, I like that. That was quality. Now, this has been a fun little show, a lot different from a quality pod, but do not fear because a quality pod will be here tomorrow. We'll be going live on our at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're at 673 subscribers. So thank you for sharing this with your friends and family because we're climbing up the ranks. We are also putting out videos every single day at 3.30. Um, That started today. And so they're gonna be clips of, you know, these, you know, longer live sessions. So if you miss something, and you find a topic that's interesting, or if your friends weren't able to tune into the live, but you're like, oh, they nailed this topic, look for that video to drop and make sure you share that with them so that they can get this content. So thank you for joining us. Remember tomorrow at 4 p.m. We'll acknowledge a couple more comments before we get on out of here. Amani or T-Mac says on on quiet read read oh what? on quiet read psalms 4610 silence or silent enables us to let god reach out to us now yeah, yeah. amen to that that's also why the the time of isolation is really good for people new to the faith yeah absolutely so that it can spend time with God rather than spending time on people shaping their certain maybe biases or errors. Mm-hmm. Like they, they need to get an understanding of who God is and who God wants them to be, yes. especially. Amani says, there is so much peace knowing that God is in control literally all the time and nothing surprises him. Yeah.
All right, and last one, even in relationships, I know I'm going to love my husband, but that doesn't come before God. I need to know that I would be satisfied with just God himself. So yeah. Absolutely. It's like, well, God's the thread that's supposed to hold you two together. together. So if you don't have him and he doesn't have him or one of you don't doesn't have him then the bond is going to be easily broken right but if it's like the three chord bonds not easily broken that type verse like if there's god man woman coming together in holy matrimony then that is hard to be separated right it's going to take an abandonment of something and it's not going to be god because god remains the same all the time and so it's either him, you, or both. Um, yeah, and we'll leave you with that on today. Thank you for joining us. Remember, tomorrow we'll be back in action at 4 p.m. with a quality pod. The overall theme of tomorrow is watch your surroundings. Watch your surroundings. Who's got your back? What's around you? What tools are you using? That's all going to be talked about tomorrow on quality. We'll see you.